we're glad you've joined us on Songs of Praise, an hour of musical reflection to encourage your heart.
had bought my liberty I do not know just why he came to love me so he looked beyond my faults and saw my need I shall
For all divine in our lives. 
softer blue Earth around is sweeter green Something lives in every hue Christless eyes have never seen Birds with gladder songs or flowers Flowers with deeper beauty shine Since I know, as now I know I am His and He is Invite your family and friends to also enjoy songs of praise.
that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion, and it's good enough for me. It was good for Paul and Silas. It was good for Paul and Silas. It was good for Paul and Silas, and it's good enough for me. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion, and it's good enough for me. It was good for Prophet Daniel. It was good for Prophet Daniel. It was good for Prophet Daniel, and it's good enough for me. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion, and it's good enough for me. Makes me love everybody. Makes me love everybody. Makes me love everybody, and it's good enough for me. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion, and it's good enough for me. It will take us all to heaven. It will take us all to heaven. It will take us all to heaven, and it's good enough for me. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion, and it's good. Good enough for me. It's good enough for me.
I am prison spirit fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thy night of chains fell off, my heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me?
The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song will I praise him. Psalm 28, 7 Tomorrow morning if you wake up And the sun does not appear I, I will be here If in the dark we lose sight of love Hold my hand and have no fear Cause I, I will be here I will be here When you feel like being quiet When you need to speak your mind I will listen and I will be here
This is Songs of Praise, brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio. Time measured out my days Life carried me My soul I yearned to follow God, but knew I'd never be so strong. I looked hard at this world to learn how heaven could be gained, just to end where I
Join us again next time on Songs of Praise, brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio, to enjoy more uplifting music. You are listening to 3ABN Australia Radio's book reading. Today, we are continuing with the book, Deeply Esteemed, The Life and Ministry of H.C.K. Harker. The reader is Dr. Barry Harker, the author and also the grandson of Pastor Harold Harker, the subject of the book. Here is our reader. Chapter 5, Life Partner Anne Elizabeth Gadsden was the fourth of eleven children born to John and Hannah Gadsden of Dandenong, Victoria. Hannah was a hard-working mother who brought up her children in the Methodist faith. Hannah was confronted with the question of which day was the Bible Sabbath, so she went to her Bible to resolve the issue. She could not find any command to worship on the first day of the week, so she became a Sabbath keeper, observing her day of rest on Saturday each week. When Mr Crick, a Seventh-day Adventist coal porter, visited the family in 1900, he introduced the family to the Seventh-day Adventist faith. Hannah, her five daughters and one of her sons became Seventh-day Adventists. Anne was baptised when she was 16 in 1904 and became a coal porter in March 1906 when she was still 17 years of age. Anne's supervisor was Harold Harker. During their early association, Harold and Anne were attracted to each other and soon a romance developed. Harold was an experienced coal porter and Anne was a young woman with a burning desire to serve her God and her church. Their common purpose in life helped to strengthen the bond that was developing between them. Harold recognised that God was leading him to his life partner and he asked Anne to marry him. While Harold and Anne's romance was developing, Anne and her friend Mabel Barlow were working together in Geelong, Victoria. They remained in Geelong for a number of months and then moved to Brighton near Anne's family home at Keysborough, working there in October 1906. This brought Anne and Harold closer to each other for a brief period. The following month, Anne and Mabel worked in Myrtleford in northeastern Victoria. Harold and Anne's wedding took place on January 23, 1907, at the home of John and Hannah Gadston in Keysborough, Victoria. Harold was 29 years of age and Anne was approaching her 19th birthday. 
Pastor J.H. Woods officiated at the wedding. Anne's sister Alice was her bridesmaid. The house was beautifully decorated with flowers. The wedding ceremony was followed by a simple reception with food and speeches. It was a wonderful day for the happy couple. After their wedding, Harold and Anne returned to Harold's house in Melbourne. Harold continued his work as the state agent for the Victorian Conference. Anne devoted herself to supporting Harold and giving the house a woman's touch. The newly married couple were very happy and looked forward to a life of service together. Harold adored his young wife and Anne added to the cheerful atmosphere in the home. Soon, however, a giant shadow was cast over their happiness. In late March, a few weeks after their wedding, and just after he had been reappointed as state agent, Harold became very seriously ill with pneumonia and typhoid fever. Prayers for his recovery were made, and church members throughout Australasia were invited to pray for Harold's recovery in the Union Conference record of April 1, 1907. He was also anointed in line with the instruction in the book of James, chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. For more than a week, Harold remained gravely ill at home, When the last crisis came, Harold's life remained in the balance. Slowly the crisis passed and he began to improve slightly. Soon it became apparent that Harold would live and he began to recover. Prayers of gratitude were offered for his healing as he recuperated at home under the tender care of Anne. Harold's miraculous recovery from illness deepened the bond between him and Anne and strengthened their faith that God had called them to a life of service together. He knew that divine intervention had preserved his life and he determined to continue his work of bringing God's last day message to the people through the printed word. As the expressions of Christian love poured in from the believers throughout Australasia, he was reminded of the tender ties that bound him to the believers in the Australasian Union and throughout the world. The period of recuperation following his illness allowed Harold the opportunity to reflect at length on his life God had been very good to him. Not only had he survived a grave illness, but he had a lovely young wife and the prospect of a happy life together. Norman, Florence, Leela and Laura were all actively involved in Christian service. Laura had completed the nursing course at the Sydney Sanitarium and Hospital in Warunga under the supervision of doctors Daniel and Loretta Cress. Then there was the work that he enjoyed in the ongoing association with fellow graduates of Avondale College. Life was sweet, but what of the future? Perhaps his recent marriage and illness were indications of a change in direction for his life. Rise and praise ye the Father, Harold's light baritone voice rang out in the early morning. Anne listened to Harold finish the familiar hymn that he loved to sing when greeting a new day. Harold, you are obviously recovered now. Yes, Anne, I'm starting to feel my old self again. I think I will be ready to commence work soon. I've had a lot of time to think while I've been recuperating. The Lord has spared my life for a reason, and I wonder if he has another work for me to perform for him. I have a good deal of experience meeting people, 
and perhaps God is planning a work for me in ministry. You know that I will support you in whatever God calls you to do in the future, Anne offered. Yes, I know, Anne. The Lord directed me to you as my life partner. He doesn't make mistakes. Whatever he wants us to do, he will provide. Let's have worship together and then breakfast. I'm famished. Harold resumed work as state agent for Victoria. He was reappointed to the position in March 1908. Two months later, on May 17, 1908, Harold and Anne's joy was full as Anne gave birth to Laura Lillian Harker at Dandenong. Their first child was named after Laura, Harold's youngest sister, who had pleaded with him to attend the tent mission at Hastings in 1893 and who was now serving God as a nurse. In September, Harold returned to Kurumbong as one of the Victorian delegates to the Union Conference, which was the level of organisation above the state conferences. There were delegates from as far away as Singapore, Fiji and Tonga. The work was expanding and there were many pressing issues to resolve. Harold spoke to the issue of workers for the cause. I believe, he told the conference, that the conference workers should teach the converts they bring into the faith to work, thus providing reinforcements and new labourers. Harold enjoyed meeting friends and acquaintances from his days at Avondale College, and the time away from his work refreshed him. But he was anxious to get back to Victoria to be with Anne and Laura. He returned to his family and work in Victoria, but he was unsettled in his mind about the future. It was a year and a half since he felt the stirring of his thoughts in regard to ministry. His marriage and illness were a watershed in his life, yet life continued as before. Perhaps the Lord was not calling him to the ministry after all. Harold confided his thoughts to Anne, and they made the issue a matter of prayer, but no clear answers came. While he enjoyed his life as a coal porter, Harold felt the need for a change. After years of an itinerant life, he thought it would be nice to have a more settled life again. Harold liked restoring furniture and a second-hand furniture business in Ballarat was available for sale. Harold expressed an interest in the business and advised the conference that if they did not feel that they could confirm the call he felt to ministry, then he would be travelling to Ballarat to make an offer on the business. Harold advised the conference of the date of his travel. The day of his travel to Ballarat arrived and Harold had not been contacted by the conference office. He said goodbye to Anne and Laura and with a heavy heart boarded the train to Ballarat. As the train left Melbourne and moved northwest into the Victorian countryside, he felt keenly disappointed. He was sure the Lord was calling him into ministry after years of preparation, but perhaps he was wrong. He consoled himself with the thought that at least the matter was decided and he had a clear direction for the future. Don't forget to tune in next time for the next chapter of Deeply Esteemed, The Life and Ministry of H.C.K. Harker. Tip Lady with tips to help make your life more simple. And I've got a question for you. 
Have you ever stayed awake at night because a phrase was going round and round and round and round in your head like a cracked record? I surely have. The other day I heard someone say something that did just that. You can't have happiness by chasing happiness. So that got my think tank working on overdrive. So now I want you to imagine that I've got a big handful of sawdust in my hand. What's sawdust? Sawdust is a byproduct. It's a byproduct of wood turning, isn't it? Sawdust is created as a consequence of the wood being chiselled, shaved or sawed. Well, I've come to the conclusion that happiness is a byproduct too. It's a byproduct of being healthy. And I'm thinking about health in four different areas of our life. If we're suffering with poor health, we probably don't feel too happy. If our relationships with family and friends are fractured, we don't usually feel too happy about it. If we're psychologically unhealthy, for example, if we say to ourselves, I can't do anything right, I'm too dumb, I'm absolutely stupid, I'm just no good, well, then we're not happy either. If we're full of guilt and shame and we're spiritually unhealthy, as a consequence, we don't feel happy either. So I reckon it makes sense to say, you can't be happy by chasing happiness, yes? So therefore, what do we do? Okay, we need to get healthy in those areas, physically, relationally, psychologically, spiritually. And when we're healthy, then we naturally find the happiness that might be eluding us at the moment. There are tons of ways to do a health check, but one simple thing I do is ask myself, am I doing what I know? So there's tip number one. Am I doing what I know to be healthy? Hmm, that makes me think. Am I doing the simple things? Drinking water, exercising, breathing in fresh, pure air, eating simple, wholesome food, getting out in the sunlight. Nothing better than growing fresh fruit for your body and flowers for your mind. Am I going to bed early enough to get good sleep? Am I enjoying some relaxation? And am I trusting in God's loving care for me? So am I doing what I know? Am I open to learning new ideas that might teach me about things I don't know? Do you think if I simply do the things I know, though, that physically I'm going to reap the rewards and find new happiness? Then how about I do a relationship check, too? Am I holding grudges? Am I forgiving? Am I being kind? I remember once upon a time when a relationship was sour for me, And I was bemoaning the fact. And a lovely lady asked me a simple question. She simply said, Are you being kind? Phew, that hit me right between the eyes. I knew I wasn't. And when I focused on being kind instead of critical, wowee, that relationship was transformed. It became a source of happiness. Hmm, so what about a psychological check? Well, I'm no psychologist, but I've learned that I need to think about how I talk to myself. Oh, yes, indeed. It's okay to talk to yourself. When dear husband hears me sometimes exclaim, Oh, I'm so silly. Oh, how dumb can I be? He says to me, Hey, don't put yourself down. Words can destroy happiness or generate happiness, so let's focus on words that help us grow. Do you think then that our happiness will grow too? Then what about a spiritual health check? I ask myself again, am I doing what I know? Am I connecting with my Heavenly Father each morning, first thing? 
Am I, or am I waking up and surfing on my phone and forgetting that God is simply wanting me to be thankful that I've woken up and tell him so and that I want him to walk with me through the day? Do I make some time for walking in nature every day, for looking for the beautiful things God has made? I'm reminded of the words of a song. Oh, he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. Hmm, what a way to think. Perhaps we need to apologise to someone. Then let's just do it. I've had to do that. Oh, wow, it's sure made me a lot more careful about what I say because apologising is super-duper humbling. But the freedom and joy that comes is worth the embarrassment. It's more embarrassing to need to apologise and to refuse to be humble, really. We can walk and talk with God all day when busy with home, business, family and friends. And if we do these simple health checks, we will find happiness, guaranteed. Because happiness is a byproduct of being healthy. Want tip number two? He, 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 here it is. Am I doing what I know? The same tip as number one. Why should it be different? Because that's a great tip. Am I doing what I know? This is an enormous key to being happy because happiness is a natural byproduct of taking action on these simple health principles. Does this mean that we're never going to have health challenges in all these areas? No, we're not in a perfect world yet. But even with challenges in these areas, we'll have more smiles, love, laughter, joy and tons of happiness to share, guaranteed. That's it from the Two Tip Lady today, who loves to help make your life more simple.